started on UFC 199. Did you watch uh, the fights on Sunday? I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I watched them. Uh... Oh, they're on Sunday, right? They're on Sunday this week, yeah. Right, because I watched them on Monday morning. I, I, took, I worked through the weekend. I took Monday off, and uh, I watched them all in bed on uh, Monday morning. Thankfully or not, my cat woke me up at like 6 a.m., so I was like, all right, I can get a jump on watching the fights. Cool. Um, started watching them. Yeah, I got through. Huh. I want to say I almost watched all of them. I, I saw the first fight I saw was the Aljamain Sterling versus Brian Caraway fight. Right. Yeah. I um I watched I missed that one uh, because I went over to Rafe's to watch it because we were there. He was having like a barbecue because it was the you know holiday. So uh, I I didn't catch the entire prelim card. Um, I I mostly caught the main card and. A lot of people were saying that this card was like not, you know, kind of like like a dud, I guess. You know, in some circles, some people might have thought this as being like a, a less, uh, you know, flashy card or whatever. But I think that this card was a card for people who really enjoy MMA and the UFC and want to see good, just good fights. Even though there is no belt on the line and there's no, um, you know, there, I mean, there actually were some... some uh, you know, ranking changes and stuff like that as a result of these fights. But it was a solid, fun fight, man. All the fights I thought were awesome. Very competitive for the most part, except for, uh, well, I mean, I'm not even going to say it was competitive, but Cody Garbrandt defeating uh, Thomas Almeida was was pretty pretty spectacular, man. You know? Yeah, pretty one-sided. I mean, pretty one-sided. But Garbrandt looked big. Oh, dude. Almeida looked small, man. Yeah. And, um, I think that he entered the top 10 as, as a result of uh, defeating Almeida. I'm pretty sure of that. I, I haven't checked the rankings this week. I haven't seen the rankings yet, but I'd hope so. Yeah. Because what, Almeida was like, what, seven, I think? Six? Yeah, he, like was, he was up there somewhere. A little, yeah. I think a little inflated, but um, especially because he beat uh, Brad Pickett when Pickett was returning back to the uh, bantamweight division uh, after being in the featherweight division. So it was kind of weird that he gained that bump after that. But um, before the fight, I watched a lot of highlights. Actually, on the flight from uh, North Carolina back to New York, I I watched uh, on on FS1, there was a special on the Garbrandt-Almeida card, and I think those two fighters specifically, and I was like, wow, man, this guy reminds me of, like, young Shogun. Yeah. And then, sure enough, he trains at a shoot box And, um... You know, I don't know. Sure, he's super aggressive. I mean, oh my god, he's so aggressive. But he almost has that like Forrest Griffin beginning to him, which I don't know if that really works for such an aggressive fighter. You know, yeah. it's like he has to get hit a he little bit. He has to find the rhythm. He has to find the range. He takes a minute to adjust. He doesn't just come out of there like Vanderlei Silva or Shogun and just like start dictating his pace. And that really hurt him in this fight. Yeah, that was that was Garbrandt's game plan, I think, knowing that he was a little bit of a slow starter, just coming out and trying to rock him like right off the bat, and it seemed seemed to work for him, you know. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. I'm really excited to see what happens at Garbrandt. You know, he's. I think all of his victories have been by knockout, if I'm correct. I think I don't think his, his, he has any decisions. Hmm. He knocks out a lot. I'm not of sure about that. Yeah. I don't have to check into that. I'd have to say, I think the majority at least are finishes for sure. And, and first round, I believe. Yeah, yeah he's pretty dominating. 
Oh, my mom's favorite uh, fighter in the UFC one. That would be uh, Chris Komotsi. It's my mom's really? favorite. Yeah, it's my mom's favorite No fighter. kidding. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was at my parents one time, and, um, you know, generally I watch, if, if it's a fight weekend and I'm visiting my folks, I, I go downstairs and I watch it. You know, I don't really want to, you know, I don't feel like subjecting them to, you know, that kind of stuff sometimes. And, um, you know, and, and my mom and dad were just like, hey, why don't you, you know, watch it up here. It's cold downstairs or whatever. It was happening to be a fight that, uh, a night that Chris Komotsi was fighting, right? So, you know, Komotsi was doing his thing. My mom was like, you know, whatever, making coffee in the kitchen or something. She caught like the first round. And then at the end, after the fight, she wanted to know if the, if the boy with the beautiful blue eyes won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. And then um, my dad and I watched the uh, Bisping uh, Anderson Silva fight, right? So, you know, that was like on Fight Pass. So, you know, once again, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go watch the fights. And they're like, oh, you know, watch them up here. We'll watch, we'll watch with you, right? So my mom was like, is that boy with the, the handsome boy with the, with the beautiful blue eyes, is he fighting today too? And I'm like, no, ma. It's like, he, he, he's not fighting today. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, amazing, yeah, man. Yeah, so, so he awesome. won. And uh, that, was, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Komotsi's number one fan, Mike's yeah. mom. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh but yeah, man, I was I was pretty stoked on that whole card. Um you know, Josh Berkman, I was kind of rooting for him a little bit, you know. He's like, Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Old school. But uh, you know, he uh he he did he did not succeed in winning. So um it is what it is, man. You know, I didn't see the Komotsi fight or the Berkman fight. Um I know that uh Kamozi beat Miranda and uh, Felder beat Berkman. Yeah. Um, but I actually didn't catch either of those fights. Felder, honestly, Felder looked a little flat, I thought. You know what I mean? That's what I heard. Yeah, he, uh, he didn't look his best. Like, he looked, he was on fire against Barboza. But um, he didn't look, it was a decision, and he didn't look nearly as crisp as he did against Barboza. You know, and. and was that split, or was it 29 28, the Berkman win? I want to say it was 29-28. Yeah, I don't think it was a split decision. I mean, honestly, Felder won. I mean, I, I you know, based on my scorecard, you know, Felder, Felder was, the, was the winner. It was a close fight, but I, I, I have, I'm cool with the idea of Felder winning that fight. You know, there was, there was no robbery going on or anything like right. that. Right. You know. But, uh, but this weekend's fights, we got some good shit going on, man, that's for sure. You know, UFC, for sure, man. UFC 199. Um, so, I don't know, man. You want to? You got anything that jumps out in the prelims or anything you want to start with? Real quick, before we go to that, I do want to just say two things about the uh, the, the fight that just passed. Okay. Um, first, Algerman Sterling. I don't know if, like, his own hype or something got to him, but he looked really... I don't know if he was just sort of like mentally beat because he he brought himself up so much. But when when Caraway came back in the in the second and third, and, and Aljamain wasn't able to get his jujitsu going and his striking too, actually, when like Caraway was just sort of coming in there uh, with a really herky jerky like uh, like boxing style, he wasn't able to get anything going and, and lost. And it was like, man, that was that was the and I, like for me that was an upset. I thought that Sterling was going to do a lot better than that. And I don't know what happened, but he never seemed to really step on the gas. It seemed like all of a sudden, like in the second round, he had sort of acquiesced and been like, all right, I'm losing. And this guy's better than me. He's better than I thought he was. Whoops. 
and yeah. and that was really disheartening to watch. Yeah, a lot uh, of people don't give uh, Caraway credit, you know what I mean? But he is a pretty solid fighter. He's a totally solid fighter. He's totally hateable, too. He's really, like, you know, it's easy to hate the guy. He seems like a total douche. He just he just comes off that way, you know? And uh, he, he, he is a very, very crafty, difficult guy to beat. And uh, regardless of, you know, what he seems to put out there uh i don't think he, he does it personally but whatever you know se- people seem to grab onto, he is a good fighter uh we can't take that away from him the fans who don't like him and then uh man that barrow stevens fight oh yeah you, you saw that right i saw that one yeah i did catch that one yeah um i would say that uh uh god what the hell's the commentator the marine guy oh brian, brian stan. stan yeah Brian Stan was right, man. That first round, Burrell looked refreshed. He looked new. He was light on his feet. He was cutting angles. He looked great. Yeah. Then Stevens hit him once, flat-footed, rest mm-hmm. of the fight. Yeah. Sitting down there and just banging it out and was like, Jesus Christ, man. This is the same thing that got his ass beat in the last two Dillashaw fights, and it's like his, his go-to. He just reverts to just planting his feet, going flat-footed, and just sort of gunslinging and it's like dude you know he looked tiny to stevens and stevens power i can't believe that burrow was able to take some of those shots they were flush and they and, and burrow was knocked out 155 pounders you know i mean like uh, uh sorry sorry stevens stevens has, and, yeah. and that was in the lightweight division very surprising that he survived it but it certainly wasn't good for his for the longevity of his career that's like three really bad beatings one of, one of the things i was thinking about is like I kind of feel like Burrell maybe should decide on, you know, changing camps possibly, you know. Um, you know, because he still has a lot, a lot of life yet. Life, uh, he still has a lot of life left. And he looked great in the first round, you know. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe like, definitely getting knocked out is, a, is an issue. And maybe the level of, because those guys down at, uh, where he's at Nouveau Nouveau right? With, uh, yeah, with Pernanaris. Yeah, those guys, like, you know, probably are on that training too hard, going to war mentality, which is, you know, might not be the best approach for him at this stage of his career. You know what I mean? Because I still think Burrell's got a lot of a lot of years of fighting left in him, man. I just think that he needs to, like, you know, maybe change up camps and, like, you know, learn learn some new uh, just new philosophies, new approaches, and new tactics. You know what I mean? And just instead of the same old, same old. You know, that's, that's kind of my feeling about Burrell. Yeah, I just was so shocked. Like, once he got hit, Stan was so right on. He looked so good in the first round. And then once he got hit, it was like, oh, man. He just reverted right back to where he was before. And I don't know. I mean, he's been in the game for a long time. He's kind of young. I think he's on the other side of 30, you know, like in the tw- late 20s. and But he's been around for, like, you know, 10 plus years. He's yeah. got an amazing amount of fights. Like, you know, more than 20. I, I want to say they, maybe even more than 30. Um, and I don't know what can be unlearned, you know, uh, at this point. For the, I think that just might be part of his, you know, fighter DNA. Like, when he gets hit, he just goes back to this. Who knows how much, how hurt he was when that happened, too? He might have got really hurt. Yeah. He's gone to autopilot, and that's his autopilot, you know? Yeah, because Jeremy Stevens is dropping bombs on him, man. 
Like he's, Bombs, he's a man. powerful oh my fucking God. hitter, man. I couldn't believe that he punch. survived. There was like a left hook in there. There was definitely a right uppercut. It was like they were flush in bombs, man. So I, I want to touch on those two fights, you know, quickly also. Uh, huge uh, Jorge or George, I'm not sure where he goes by right now. Huge Masvidal fan. Yeah. Uh, Larkin looks great. Yeah. Masvidal, man, he has lost three split decisions in his yes. last three losses. I mean, holy shit, man. Close fights. Totally, man. And, uh, yeah, it's like, it's almost like he just, it's like he almost has bad luck or something, man. Because some of the, a lot of those fights could have gone either way, man. Um, totally. Like the Henderson the fight. Henderson fight, you know. And, uh, yeah. Iquinta. The Iquinta Iquinta, fight. Oh, well, well, in my opinion, he won. Yeah, he won the. I, I mean, I, I think he won the Iaquinta fight. Did you know, it? It was kind of a robbery that one for sure. You know, and this one was super close too. And it's like I'm not exactly sure if, if I would say that he won this one, but it's like everything is like so razor close in his in his career, man. All the losses, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like Masvidal, man. He's a character too, you know. I mean, he's a great fighter, but he's also a character, you know. He's one of he was part of the. Uh, South Florida back backyard brawl, yeah, like YouTube fighter, you know that. Kimbo. He's like an East Coast Diaz. Yeah, actually, that's a good way of looking at it. It's like an East Coast Diaz, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, bad luck. That's all I can say. You know, he's got to start finishing dudes. That's probably what it is. Man, for sure, some like you know work work in his transitional game because yeah, he's got great boxing. And he showed that, but ah man, like he doesn't capitalize. And I, I'm not saying he should be a point fighter, but he doesn't capitalize on the areas that other people are. Like Larkin hit that takedown, I think, in the second round, very into the second round, beautifully timed takedown, very well done. Uh, transitional, you know, he was like ducked right under a punch, boom, takedown. Uh, and Masvidal doesn't take those opportunities. Um, I think out of pride and, and he needs to let that go. And he needs to like, he has all the tools. I know he does. And he can like, dude, he freaking he should have beat Paul Daly when they fought. Yeah. He just kept on taking Paul Daly down and, uh, man, he really should have won that fight. I, I, so I know he has those tools and he, I wish he put it all together because he's a really exciting fighter to watch. And I've always been a fan. And, uh, I can only imagine how disheartening that these losses are cause they're so close. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's next for him now either, man. You know, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. All right, so you want to jump into 199? Absolutely. Which uh, takes place at uh, Englewood, <clears throat> up to no good, California. The forum in Englewood, up to no good, California. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually have the... Uh fight listing correct this time i okay. looked uh looked it up made sure it was right yeah because there, <laughs> there were some changes right it wasn't uh bj penn was supposed to fight on this on this card right he was i think he was gonna be the headliner of the prelims and um now that fight is alex caceres versus cole miller and it's at the beginning of the prelims yeah and cole miller is like contemplating retirement apparently i think like this was like they they kind of tapped him on the shoulder and he was like look dude we need you to fight and he's like i don't know man maybe and then hmm. he decided to kind of do it you know so yeah but he's facing uh bruce leroy so um yeah that should be cool 
Yeah, I mean, good fight, man. I mean, yeah. dude, Cole Miller's fight. a fun fighter. He's super well-rounded, great jiu-jitsu. Caceres, really well, well-rounded fighter, um, just crafty in all the areas. Um, I mean, the guy's lucky. He's still in the UFC, honestly. Caceres, he yeah. Beat Caceres, yeah. Caceres, yeah. He beat Pettis, then he lost three, and then he won his last one. I mean, he's 11-8. and eight. You know, he's coming off of the ultimate, you know, that he, he got into the UFC off the ultimate fighter. Right. Um, same thing with Cole Miller. Miller's last fight was a no contest. I think it was like a headbutt or something, maybe an eye poke. Um, and then the fight before that, he lost to Max Holloway. You know, no, no disgrace in that, for no, sure. No, definitely not. And, and a much better record, 21-9. and nine. Um, Yeah, I mean, Miller's been around for a long time. I could understand him wanting to retire. Um, I, he's... He, He's always been a guy I've really liked. Um, I, he should be able to beat Caceres. Caceres just doesn't have the the. He's not the most intelligent fighter. Sometimes he doesn't stick. He doesn't seem like he sticks to game plans, and he just tries to have fun out there. Which you know, hey, I respect that. But when the other guy has a strict game plan and he knows that you just might be messing around, that's a tough battle to win. Yeah, it's also, also Caceres is very. Um... You know, he's kind of up and down, man. He's not consistent, you know. Very inconsistent. Yeah, I'm definitely going to – I'm definitely picking Cole Miller, even as a late sort of replacement, you know. So let me get this straight about BJ Penn getting removed from the card. It had to do with a um, a, uh, a, a violation of a USADA rule of not using uh, IVs or something like that, right? Yeah, There's man, you know, story I, behind I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even read the articles about it. Like, uh, like I'm, you know, I'm a huge BJ Penn fan. Huge. I just can't, I can't listen to anything he says at this point. I don't want to, I don't want to read it. I don't want to hear it. I want to see what happens when he comes back and take it from there. Because he's like, he got busted for an IV. This is a guy who used to say that IVs are for wimps. Yep, I remember that. He got busted. Then he said, I didn't know that was a rule. And it's like, <laughs> come on, dude. I know it's a rule. I'm not like a professional fighter like you. I'm just a fan. And I know it's a rule. And it's like, you just got busted for something you said guys are wimps for. And then he was like, just to be clear, people are still wimps for using IVs. And I'm like, these are just headlines of things. I like quotes from him. And I'm like, I'm not going to click on this and read more because just the headline pisses me off. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear it. I want him to like stop fucking up and you know, like any BJ Penn fan, stop fucking up and live up to your potential for the, for fuck's sake. It's probably too late, but you know, you can give it one more shot, I guess. Yeah. Cause he's at Jackson Winklejohn now, which, uh, yeah, it sounds awesome. You know, it's, he's finally, you know, I think that, I mean, his last performance uh, against Frankie Edgar was like depressing. Fuck man. Yeah. You know, he looked Ugh. like shit and he fought horribly and I don't know what the hell was going on, but you know, when I first heard he was planning on coming back, I was like, what a fucking mistake that is, you know. Then I heard, okay, cool, he's training at, at uh, Jackson Winklejohn. I'm like, probably one of the best camps, arguably, in the country, you know. And, um, and then all this, other, all this other drama starts happening around him, and I'm like, all right, man, is your head in the game or what? You know, are you going to do this or are you not going to do it? And if, and if your head's not in the game in this, in this sport, man, you need to – you shouldn't do it, you know? And that's kind of how I feel. It's like there's, like, some mental... It's almost like his ego says that I can't retire, 
but his higher like intellect is telling him yes you need to give up doing this stuff for your own good you know so yeah i don't know i got a lot of mixed feelings about bj penn fighting again you know? ditto so so we got uh, jessica penne's coming back after getting beat up by uh yoana on j check crushed yeah, yeah. it's gonna beat up pretty good once again i did this this is this these some of these fights in the I mean I hate to sound like a an asshole but it's like I just I just um I don't really I don't really follow the women's fights I know it sounds terrible man but it's just like I don't know much about many of the fighters I I know that you know I love watching Joanna fight you know um, Holly Holm outstanding kickboxer you know just maybe the top of the the, the champs. But as far as anyone else, and I know Penne used to be a champ, you know. No, that's not right, is it? I don't think so. No, it was Carla, the one Carla Esparza was the one who was the champ. Yes. Yeah. See, I don't even fucking get that straight either. To me, <laughs> to me, these like they're like interchangeable in some ways, and I hate to sound that way, but it's like, yeah, that's that's how little little attention I pay to it. So. Yeah, I'm not interested in the slightest about this fight. I thought that Jessica Andrade was. The same Andrade that lost to uh, Rousey. And I was like, oh, it's not? Yeah. I was, like, so confused. Like, I can't even tell divisions apart. And, you know, I apologize for not knowing that. But uh, there just hasn't been anybody. It's tough because it's, like, there's such different levels of ability at this Point of the evolution of WMMA. I'm not judging it because they're women. I'm judging it because where that part of the sport is right now in relation to male MMA is so different. Like if if they had started at the same time, you know, I mean, like we're talking about like if if like there have been you know WMMA like right now at the same time that there was like uh, Matt Hughes was champion or something. Yeah, like back in the day. Then, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. But so much of it seems so far behind just because it's, it is, it's newer. It's, it's tough for me to get really excited about, the, like, the fringe top tenors because they just don't have the same level of ability as the champions. And the champions are, you know, except for, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, Holly Holm, Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey. Those three are, like... Jesus, man. Any of those three could beat each other on any given night, it seems, you know? I'll agree with that. Um, in different ways, you know? Um, I don't feel that way about other divisions, you know? I don't feel that way. I think Joanna I think and Jacek is going to, like, just beat, beat the shit out of, like, most of that division. You know, maybe Nami Yunus can give her a shot. Um, I don't know yet about that, because I think Nami Yunus would have to take her down. Um, yeah. And then... I mean, I'm struggling to even think of who the other... Is there another champion? Well, there, uh, was, there was Paige Van Zant, who technically is still in the UFC, but she's, you know, making movies and, you know... Yeah, good for her, man, yeah. because I don't. she was never championship material. She no. was just, you know, a very... You know, dude, she was tough. Yeah. Like, like no, no freaking mark on that. She would easily beat the shit out of me, that's for sure. She sure. was tough, man. Totally. Super tough. And motivated, but I don't think she was ever championship material with her skill set currently, you know? Rose Ro- uh-huh. Namajunas, though, it, I thought, um, you know, it's funny, when, when the two of them fought, 
everyone was like really, I mean, rightly so, congratulating um, Paige Van Zant for tenacity. But no one was really making, um, giving props to Rose Namajunas for, for defeating her, you know, soundly, like in a dominant fashion. Oh, my God, man, dominated. Yeah, you know, and that was, uh, you know, kind of like a disservice, I felt, you know, because I felt Rose really dominated that fight. Yeah. Totally, big time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's tough to, like, again, is there another champion? There's Ioana, there's Misha. That's it, right? There's yeah, only two divisions. There's just two divisions. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems so, and it's like you know, you got Cyborg floating around that one out there, that, that like one one eighty five, whatever or weight, like mystery weight. You know, it's like, uh, you know, she's like a satellite floating around the Earth that has like missile capabilities that could just nuke anybody. You know, yeah, yeah, but totally. you like don't know where it is. <laughs> but I feel like. Um... Like, women's MMA is almost like in the Tank Abbott era of the UFC. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, you can grab any chick off the street and train her for a year, and she could be in the UFC. You know what I mean? I feel like there's such a, a disparity between skill sets, like, even within the top 10. I mean, are there, even, are there even 20 women in the United States that could be in the UFC, really? You know what I mean? Like, competitively. I think that the differential between who's ranked one and who's ranked 20 is like such a vast chasm where like in the, in the men's division, it's like the top five are all pretty much, they're all, they're all right there, man. Top five, any one of those guys could be champ, you know, top 10, very, very fractions of a second difference in their execution of certain techniques. That's five through 10. And then 10 and below is like, Guys who might someday develop into top 10 guys. I feel like in the women's division, though, it's like it's a distant, distant, you know, the difference between like the, the 10th person and the 10th fighter and the number one is like a, 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 an abyss, just like of, of, of a difference that will never be overcome. You know what I mean? And that's why I mean, it's sorry. Yeah, I guess that's why it's not as interesting to me, because a lot of the fights are, are not very technical and also are complete, you know, one-sided beatings, you know. You also look at things like someone can lose or have, like, a multiple losing record and still be ranked in the top ten. Yeah, That's exactly. how thin the divisions are. I mean, that's really bad. And I agree with you. You look at something like the, the um, fight between Rick Story and, um, shit, uh, the former Strike Force champion. Uh, God damn it. The one from last week? Yeah, Belgian guy. Anyways, God, I can't remember his name right now. But you look at, like, those guys, either of them, they could they could seriously fight uh, Robbie Lawler, and it would be a good fight. Totally. I can't, like, I totally would be a good fight. And neither of them are, like, maybe they're, like, in the top 15. Maybe they're, like, you know, 15, 13 or something like that. And that's how deep those divisions are. You know, I don't think all the divisions are that deep. You know, you look at something like heavyweight and it's oh, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. terrible you know yeah. um but i agree like you know you look at like welterweight lightweight uh you know light heavyweight's not that great middleweight ah there's a lot of aging fighters in there but you look at lightweight and and uh and welterweight for sure i mean shit you look at featherweight uh bantamweight there's a lot of great fighters in the in the top 10 of every division and then you look at the 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 women's divisions on those 
And there is a lot of people with like really bad records. I mean, you look at Andrade and, and Jessica Penne are not like bad records. 13-5, 12-3. I mean, you know, like I said, Alex Caceres, man, 11-8. and eight. So it happens in the in the lower, lower ends of uh, other divisions in the male uh, MMA. But we're talking about dudes like Caceres isn't ranked, you know. The next fight, I'm, uh, I'm interested in that because i kind of been following Benil Dariush a little bit. And he's, uh, he's yeah, fighting James sure. Vick at the, the, at the, you know, the, the deep lightweight division. So, I mean, this, this is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. You know, I think Vic is undefeated. And yeah. Vic's nine and zero. It's a, it's an interesting fight. Uh, Darius, man. I mean, that Michael Johnson fight was bullshit. Yeah. I have notes here that I wrote down and it's like, okay, his last fight was a loss to Chiesa, Chiesa, whatever. And then not whatever. I mean, I respect Michael Chiesa. Yeah, He's a great fighter good, and, I, totally. and I like watching him. But um, that Michael Johnson win was just bullshit. So there you should really be on a two-fight losing streak. James Vick, though, my notes on this, <laughs> he has beaten no one, trains with a rapist condoner. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. I can't, he's the only motherfucker who went and stayed with Lloyd Irving. I, I can't, like, come on, man. Yeah. You're the only guy that stayed with him. Like, that guy's a shady fucking dude. Like, I know we're talking about fighters here. Like we're talking about fights, ability, you know? yeah, versus like, character, yeah. Like taking them outside of that and just looking at it as a pure fight. I should be doing that. No, it's but cool. Like, but we're you know every we're time just, we're doing our thing though, man. And that's like at, when we get up under the main card, there's going to be like some decisions and statements and selections that I'm going to make that I have nothing to do with technical ability or record either, man. Just because I love being you know, <laughs> so. You know, this is just like we're just hanging out, man. It's it's cool, you know. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm I'm a fan of Dariush's. I mean, I'm I'm interested in watching him fight. I want to see him his career, you know, you know, flourish. So I'm I'm I mean, and also I do think he's going to defeat James Vick. You know. I think James Vick has sort of been um, well. He's super long. He's tall. I don't know. It's weird. You know, he had that Jake Matthews win. I think it's probably his best win, which is weird. I mean, because Matthews is just a prospect. It's not like he has any significance yet in the division. But um, I don't know if the UFC is not pushing him because he's with Lloyd Irving. Uh, you know, a 9-0 and zero record is pretty good. He has, like, I think four wins in a row in the UFC. But I guess Dariush is kind of a, a step up. But Dariush definitely has better, better jiu-jitsu. And his striking has improved a lot. Um, I don't know how he's going to deal with the range of Vic because Dariush was completely blown out by uh, Cowboy Cerrone. So I could see that being an issue possibly if he hasn't shored up those defensive holes and Vic comes out there kind of in that same type of uh, Muay Thai attack because he has the length. Um, it's a tough fight to... to to call because I Vic can be so kind of lazy out there and get tagged and, and be kind of slow. Um, and Dariush, ah, God, I don't know if I have a real strong beat on who he is yet. So I, I will actually go with Dariush because I think that he, he has the definite ability to win this. And Vic, you know, just seems to sometimes just, you know, he's in there, but he's not. Yeah, I hear you, man. 
Now, speaking of which, um, this next fight, you know, Brian Ortega versus Clay Guida. That's, Big deal. That's, <laughs> that's one of those fights where, you know, I'm probably going to make my selection based on who I like better, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, fuck, dude. How can you not like Clay the Carpenter Guida, man? Fucking guy rules. I love him, man. You know? He does... He, he, does more cardio in his like walk up to the cage than most guys do in their entire camp, man. That dude's like fucking constantly moving, man. You know, I like Guida. He's a fun guy, man. Yeah, I definitely like Guida. I have the, I have so much respect for the guy. Um, he has. I won't, I don't know if I wrote this down that these are his last three fights. Or just his losses. I think it's just his losses. He lost to Tavares, Bermudez, yeah. and Mendez. And, um, you know, those aren't, those are like legit losses. Yeah, yeah totally. Mendes, but definitely. Ortega, yeah. he just beat Diego Brandao and, uh, he beat Tavares. Oh my God, that was a, that was a mess of a fight. Bloody. Uh, Ortega's 10 and 0, definite prospect. He has one TKO win, five submissions, uh, and then the rest of the other four decisions. Um, this is definitely like a, what we were talking you know, about, like a, like a legend fight, you know, like yeah. you got Clay Guida, you know, that guy's been in there, man, yep. with everybody. It's, it's one of those fights that we talk about every, every episode pretty much where there's like the young buck coming up and he needs, he needs like a big name on his, on his, uh, belt there, you know, like a trophy, you know? It's like, uh, when Brandon Chobb defeated Mirko Krokop, you know, he fought, he, he fought, he didn't fight the Mirko Krokop, who was the K1 champion. He fought like a guy who'd been knocked out a bunch of times, who never really had his, like, never, never caught his pace in the UFC, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I mean, this isn't as bad as that, but it's the same deal where it's like you get this, you know, undefeated young guy. You know, he's got some good, you know, decent wins. And then you got the, the old vet. And if the old vet wins, good. He gets to hang on for a little, a little bit longer. And then it legitimizes the young guy if he beats the old vet. And there's a perception that maybe Guida, you know, Guida might be like, you know, on the wane, he's a little bit older, you know, he's, he's like, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And I hate when they do that, but I understand why they do it, though. That's the thing, you know. I totally get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's where we're at now in Guida's career, I guess, you know. Yeah. He's like the old grizzled veteran who tests the – legitimacy of prospects and i don't know if it's uh necessarily a bad position i mean if he can beat these prospects then he it's going to be exciting that's for sure oh yeah definitely yeah it's tough i mean he's taking you know guida his best place is going to be taking him down we're talking about a guy who's half of his wins are submissions yep he's crafty he's really crafty he's long Ortega, and he's durable. He's super durable. You know, he got beat up, and uh, I think that Tavares fight, he got a little beat up, and um, yeah, he's he's good, man. Ortega's good, and I'm I'm, I'm not sold on him yet. I'm not even uh, excited about him yet, but I feel I will be. Um, I gotta go with 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 him on this fight. I think that this could be like the coming out party for him uh all respect in the world to clay guida um i just think that he has like a really really stiff test ahead of him with this guy yeah definitely 
Before we get on to the main card, I just want to go back to the early prelims, actually, because there's uh, Tom Breeze is fighting. He's, oh, yeah, uh, Tom Breeze, man. Headlining yeah, 10 and the, 0. Yeah, he's uh, headlining the fight pass prelims. And um, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to tune in for that one, too, because I've been uh, – I've, well, I've seen Tom Breeze's last couple fights, and he, he's fucking pretty, pretty badass, man. Great striking. Excellent striking. Oh, man. I put on here for my notes, killed Cathal Pendred. Yeah, he ended his. That was the last fight, and that retired Katal, Katal Pendred, you know? Yeah, because that was a brutal fucking beating, man. The yeah. striking in that was like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Precise. And, um, yeah, it must have stung even more that an Englishman beat an Irishman, you know? Just like that. Hey, man, he had it coming to him. Oh, dude, I know. I know that. Believe me. <clears throat> All right, so on to the main card. One of my favorite uh, fighters, Dustin the Diamond Poirier, is uh, kicking off the main card against Bobby Green. Fuck yeah! Yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a sick fight, man. What a great fight, man! Green's coming off a little bit of a layoff. I don't know what the hell happened. His last fight was a loss to Barbosa. Before that, he beat Thompson, Healy, Kraus, Volkman. I mean, those are great wins, man. And Poirier, he's undefeated, three-win streak at lightweight. Yes. Uh, Re- since his return. Recently. And his last loss was to, you know, McGregor. Yeah. Um, man, this is a tough fight to call because Poirier, you know, he's great on the ground. He's super aggressive. But Bobby Green, you know, he's like, he's like a, like a he has all, all the components, and he's kind of like a wall. Like, I don't see anybody steamrolling Bobby Green. No. He had some issues in that Barbosa fight. He was talking about how he's fighting for money, how his brother had just gotten, like, shot or arrested. Like, there was, like, he was going through a lot of shit in his life, man. And I I don't necessarily think that he would have beat Barbosa, but, you know, he he lost, like, a, you know, unanimous unanimous decision. So that goes to show, again, how durable this guy is. He's a freaking tough guy. I'm going to pick favoritism on this one, man. I'm going to go with Dustin Poirier. I, I want to see Dustin continue his, uh, his winning streak, man. And um, I just think he has that momentum behind him now. I mean, he coming off that loss a couple of years ago at 145 against McGregor uh, when he moved up to, uh, to lightweight, I just feel like that invigorated his whole career, man. And um, like his last win Isn't was... that Duffy a, fight? Yeah, Joe Duffy, right? Yeah, that, that, was, a, <clears throat> that was a dominant fight. And, and I, I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of people were picking Duffy to defeat Poirier at that one. So, you know, it was an upset. That was that just showed how tough he is, how crafty he is. He's got good boxing. Green's got good boxing, but you know, Poirier is definitely better on the ground. He's crafty, man. He's really crafty there. Um, I hate to see Bobby Green lose. I do. I think the guy's been through some shit and is actually a really good fighter and I'd like to see him rattle off some wins but man Poirier come on you know uh, ever since I saw that documentary uh, Fight what's Bill. that one called Fightville yep Fightville yeah um, huge fan what a great guy yeah, all of his fights he's an exciting fighter always goes out there you know he's, he seems like a really respectful lovable guy but aside from that he's like just creative Sometimes ultra violent. Oh yeah. I mean, just a really like a a real treat to watch. 
Yeah, so anyone out there who wants to check out a good MMA documentary, man, definitely check out Fightville, which is uh, basically Poirier's uh, pre-UFC career. I mean, coming up from, like, uh, smaller promotions, uh, training with, uh, what the hell is that guy's name, man, Creator? Like, yeah, 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 Tim Crater. Tim, Tim Crater, yeah, at some small MMA camp in Lafayette, Louisiana, maybe? Yeah, Lafayette. Lafayette, a town that I've been to a couple times. <laughs> but yeah, yeah definitely our a cool. from uh, Red Shield. What was that? Our buddies from Red Shield. Oh yeah. Oh right. But yeah, there's there's actually some history at Lafayette. Yeah, wildfires, Red Wild Shield. Wildfires, Red Shield. Yep. Yeah, it was a good. Lafayette's a good town, man. But uh, but yeah, that's um, it's a, it's a great documentary, man. Check it out. I it used to be on Netflix, but I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. I don't think it is. It was it was great, man. I mean, shoot, I wish there was like an expiration date on those because I would have watched it again before they took it off. Yeah. I'd be like all over that shit. For sure, um, it's on iTunes because I've seen it pop up in my iTunes feed. So yeah, for sure, it's on iTunes. Yeah. There's actually a ton of really cool MMA documentaries on iTunes too, man. It's like there's like some another GSP documentary. There's like oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, it's the same. Yeah, I don't mind throwing down three or four bucks to rent, uh, you know, rent something streaming. You know, I'm not above that. It's cool. You know, it's totally. just like walking down to the, uh, your, your, well, back in, most of you guys won't remember this, but there used to be a thing called video store back in the day. You just be going there and actually rent DVDs or VHS cassettes, take them home overnight, watch them, and then bring them back the next day. I know it sounds crazy, right? But that that used to exist, and that's kind of like what uh, what iTunes is doing. So anyway, I digress. good times. I digress. Hey man, I'm glad that we reminisced about um, happier times. It's it's a pretty fitting preamble to the next fight, actually. Oh, you know, talking yeah. about happier times. You know, when we used to go into video stores, used to rent <laughs> some things, interact with people. You know, it was a good time. It was the best of times. Some might say. Dan Henderson, ah, uh, he's like the video store that refuses to close in your hometown, and you're like, how is that place still in business? I'm happy to see it, but at the same time, it just doesn't feel right. That was an excellent analogy, man. Yeah, because I, I, I couldn't quite articulate my feelings about Dan Henderson because he's such a beloved, you know, uh, icon in the MMA world, you know, and... Though I do like seeing him fight, I, at, as much as I like seeing him fight, I don't like seeing him fight anymore. You know, I like that he's there, but I don't like that he's uh, putting himself through these training camps and these like brutal fights because I feel like, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to see Dan get knocked out again. I don't want to see that. You know, I don't want, I don't want to see that happen again. And um, yeah, I want to see Dan, you know, retire. You know, maybe, uh, you know, work, you know, train some people or something like that. I, I, that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see him show up when they scan the crowd. And, you, oh, yeah, there's Dan Henderson. And he waves to the, you know, the camera. You know, he's got some hot piece of ass next to him, you know. That's, like, what I want to see. I don't want to see him getting knocked out again, you know, in the first round. Or that, that's, I just don't want to see that shit, you know. Totally, man. He's lovable Dan Henderson, Hendo, you know. He's got a ranch. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a horse. Just go out there, man. Just ride around your horse and chill. Yeah, totally. I dude. mean, dude, uh, looking at his record, 
I remember this. 2010, 2011. He was on a tear. It was beautiful. It was amazing. He had left the UFC off that Bisping win, I believe. And then he went and he won the Strike Force light heavyweight belt. He beat Fedor. It was fucking insane. Uh, 2010, 2011, he was on a four fight win streak. I don't know what happened in 2012. Came back. 2013, three losses in a row. 2014, win loss. 2015, loss win loss. I mean, dude, ever since 2011, I, I kind of wish he had retired off that Fedor win. Yeah. You know, it's, that's what. Then he came back to the UFC, and it was like, man, I think um, that might have been where he beat Shogun, and that was an amazing fight and crazy. But it was like, dude, you know. That's his his two wins in here against Tim Bosch and Shogun, and other than that, you know, he's we're talking about five losses, uh, six, you know, and uh, God, man, this fight is terrifying. This isn't like you're just sending him in there against like Chris Camozzi, who might take him down and beat him up and, and bring him to a unanimous decision with those uh, beautiful blue eyes. <laughs> we're talking about Hector Lombard, who's gonna go in there, and he's just gonna throw bombs and he's faster than Dan Henderson and he does have more tools you know at this point Henderson he doesn't have a jab he's super blocky he's like you know man he just seems very rigid and 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 slow uh it's sad and I and I um it's terrifying you know I don't want him to one I don't want him to win because I don't want him to keep fighting yeah, I don't want him Two, to I don't want him to lose because Lombard's probably going to shut his lights out. Uh, another thing is his losses, his last three have all been TKOs. Wasn't the Vitor one a straight-up KO? Or that was a TKO as well? Uh, I, I don't think he was that. out. He, he got dropped and then the ref stopped it and he okay. was like, I'm fine. He's like, uh, probably not. Yeah, man. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm looking at Hector Lombard, and and I when I when I first discovered that this like was on this this matchup was on this card, I was like, oh no, man, why? You know, I don't know, man. It's like, you know, let the guy fight out his whatever fights he's got left, and just kind of let you know, like I don't know, man. This, this whole thing kind of I'm kind of bummed on this. I, I think it was supposed to be a rematch against Machida, but then Machida got oh, busted right. for drugs, and it was like, what the fuck is going on with this world? <laughs> yeah, Machida was taking some sort of, like, weird, like, you know, aid for, like, I don't know. It's like taking, like, like hard-on pills or something like that. Some weird... No, that was Silva. <laughs> no, I think Machida's, I think Machida's uh, supplement that he took had something to do with that, too. I don't know. I'm, the same shit? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, something similar to that, so... Anyway, so that, yeah, we're, you know, I got, I got, I got to say Lombard's gonna win this one, man. You know, I mean, it's just a drag that this is actually even on the card. But these, uh, these next three fights, it's terrible, dude. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> yeah, the next three fights are gonna be rad. You know. Awesome. Yeah, these are. Well, you know, I think that we have two blowouts, two, two very, very obvious picks i would say probably yeah and and then the other one which we're going to talk about right now um 
I think it might actually be sort of <laughs> a blowout, oh, yeah. too. Well, you, th- you think uh, Llamas versus Holloway is going to be a blowout? I kind of feel like it will be competitive. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, in my, my money's on Max Holloway. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, don't, I think it's going to be a, a good fight, though. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, you know, totally one-sided. But then again, Holloway's looked pretty fucking good in his last few fights, man. Eight-fight win streak. Yeah. Actually, the last, guy to, the last guy to beat him was McGregor by decision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah dude, I mean, Max Holloway has looked awesome in, his, in that eight-fight win streak. Um, Ricardo Lamas has losses to Mendez, Aldo, uh, Yuri Alcantara, and Danny Castillo. And it's like, you know, I don't think that any of those guys are necessarily, I don't think Max Holloway is like any of those dudes, but I think that Holloway is so well-rounded and is so versatile. He's long. He's really long. Um, Lamas, man, I don't, you know, he's like a, he's kind of like a lesser Mendez, you know, maybe he's a little taller, maybe he's a little longer, but I mean, he is the same thing. He's a wrestle boxer. He's got some submission skills. Um, he caught Cub Swanson, I believe it was, but I think that's because Swanson didn't respect him on the ground and got lazy and was like, he doesn't have me. And then was like, oh shit, he has me. And that was that. I'd like to see that rematch. Um, I, dude, I'm Max Holloway all the way. I, I'm sorry for Lamas because he's been talking recently about how there's like some unhappiness in his life or from the <laughs> past or something. He's had like a hard life and it's like, Dude, your life's about to get a little shittier because Max Holloway's about to beat you. Yeah, man. And uh, it's funny that no one really talks about Max Holloway. You know what I mean? Still. You, you never still, hear about him. Oh. The dude's been, like, undefeated. Eight-fight win streak, like you were saying, man. But no one... He's, ne- he's not talked about in the title picture, which I think is fucked up. Totally, man. You know, no, one, no one's like, oh, yeah, he's, you know, gunning for the title, you know? Because he's, he's right up there, man. He's, what, ranked fourth now. Oh, man, that's awesome. I think his last win was actually over Stevens. And it, and it wasn't a super exciting fight. It wasn't like a barn burner. Um, but, I mean, come on, man. You know, eight fight, one streak, you're bound to have one that isn't the greatest, you know? Yeah. So now uh, it's been years in the making. The uh, rubber match between uh, Uriah, the California kid, Faber, and... Uh, Dominic, Eddie Munster, Cruz. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, you know how long this uh, rubber match has been in the making? Seven years. Nine years. Nine. Oh, shit. That's the last time that Faber beat Dominic Cruz. Well, but no. Well, all right. That was the last time Faber beat him, but um, since the last time they fought, though. Right. Yeah. I know, but I think I I think that post that you know that guillotine choke, that was it, man. That was the only time that Faber is going to beat Cruz. I have a really really hard time believing that the Uriah Faber of of now is going to beat Dominic Cruz. And you know Cruz has been through a lot of shit, a lot of knee surgeries and injuries, and he like had like a whatever like a heel spur or something in that uh yeah. that Dillashaw fight. Um, but man. He didn't. I, I actually watched that on the flight too, uh, from North Carolina back home. I was like, "Oh, sweet!" and watched that for the third, third time. What's, Still feel the same way. I feel like um, 
uh, Cruz won rounds one, two, and three, and that Dillashaw probably won rounds four and five. Um, and dude, after coming off of all of that that he did, Cruz, he looks pretty freaking great in that fight. No, and, he does uh, look good. You know, I think that that Dominic Cruz could beat Uriah Faber no problem, and I think that this one's going to be better. And he's totally going to beat Faber. Faber, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry that camp. I don't know where are they at right now. You know, where are they at? Where's where's Faber striking at? Faber striking has always been kind of like a very bum rush. You know, he he doesn't have the length. You know, he's a great. Uh, grappler, great transitional jujitsu player, awesome on the ground. I love watching his ground game. Yeah, he's not gonna take Cruz down. I just, <laughs> I don't think he's gonna get him down, and he's gonna get picked apart on the outside. Well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, it's gonna be a decision because Cruz, that's how he wins, man. I mean, he's a very, he's not a finisher really. You know, it's gonna be a point fighting uh, match. You know. Yeah, or it could be accumulation of strikes. I mean, Faber hasn't knocked anyone out or TKO'd anyone since 2000. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't lost since 2000. I mean, his 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 gig is uh, is like you know getting dudes in guillotines and shit like that and throwing elbows at them. You know. Yeah, 19 submissions out of 33 fights is pretty freaking good. But I just don't see it. You know. Uh, I think that he's going to – I think he actually could get swarmed. I think he actually did have some okay moments, Faber, in the second fight. Um, But I think Cruz is super hungry right now. I think that Cruz probably underestimated him a little more than he needed to. But was Bang with Faber last time? Where's Faber now? You know, what is he he focusing on in that camp? Dillashaw is not there anymore to work with him. So, you know, I guess he's probably working with – you know, Garbrandt and uh, Mendez, they got, um, God, there's that one coach there with that weird name. But I don't know, man, you know. I just think Faber, you know, is always going to be the bridesmaid. Yeah. I'm surprised. I was actually surprised they, they gave him this fight, honestly. I I think that... I don't know. It's so unpredictable how the UFC goes with their rematch uh, culture. You know, who gets an, autom- an immediate rematch and who doesn't. I mean, if anything, Dillashaw, out of all the champs that lost their belts that are now getting rematches, is the only legitimate claim to actually having a rematch. You know, I mean, the point of having a rematch is it was a close fight. If you get finished, in my opinion, you don't get a rematch. You know what I mean? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, they didn't... It's just so random how they do that. So, I mean, I I really... For me, I would rather have seen this as a Dillashaw-Dominic Cruz rematch. You know? I like a little space between it, for sure. Um, They, you know... I think Faber did a lot for this division when it was in the WEC. And maybe the UFC is still paying it forward or they see one last use for Faber. Because this this is it. Realistically, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, him, this yeah. is it. If he loses, that's that's two losses to the current champion. And uh, what's he going to do from there? You know, he's going to hop around a little bit. He did that already. He went up, he fought uh, Edgar. Uh, Frankie Edgar and lost, you yeah. know. 
Well, in that bantamweight division, though I'm not saying that he should get a title shot right away, but you got the up and coming uh, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, you know, I mean, for sure, a couple fights he could be fighting for the title. Yeah, I mean, uh, a good fight for him is definitely uh, Michael McDonald's fighting against John Lineker, which is a crazy fight. Oh, Lineker, and, uh, Lineker versus Garbrandt fight against them. Yeah, Lineker versus Garbrandt. That'd be that'd be a good fight. Yeah. I'd really like to see Lineker lose against um, like Michael McDonald and then fight Garbrandt and lose against him, too. That'd be yeah. really awesome. Yeah. So now we come to the main event, which originally was a rematch between Chris Weidman, the former middleweight champion, and Luke Rockhold, the current middleweight champion. But uh, due to some neck injury, some brutal neck injury that Chris Weidman's dealing with right now, he was taken off the card. And uh, Michael, the Count Bisping, got the tap to step in, which is finally, un- which is unfortunate. I mean, the dude has waited ten years for a title shot, and then he gets he gets a title shot against a guy that's already beat him on what, like like ten days' notice or something like that. And he was like shooting a movie somewhere. I think he was like working on a film somewhere, so he wasn't even thinking about fighting. Probably, it just sucks how fate, you know. The, the the hands that get dealt certain players in this, you know. Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna take it, you know. Well, yeah, you know, sure. Hats off to him, man. You know that I, Bisping. If he doesn't have anything, Bisping has balls. That's for sure, man. That dude is really one of those guys who's like, anytime, any place. I believe that when people say that about Michael Bisping, you know. Absolutely. One thing that Silva fight taught us was this guy is tough, man. Holy shit, man. Silva beat the that shit knee. out of him the flying a, for a lot of that fight. Yeah. And he, you know, I think he won that decision. We've talked about this a bunch of times. Yeah, and totally. I think that he deserved that decision because of Silva's stupid rope-a-dope silliness. Lack and, of, uh, yeah, lack of activity. damn, Bisping was tough, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Silva's you, lack you know, of activity. Uh, the thing that Rockhold said... Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying that Silva's lack of activity is what lost him the fight, really. You know, like he he kind of laid back yeah, too much. Yeah, allowed himself to get hit. Yeah, allowed himself to get hit. Yeah. So what were you saying about Rockhold? Rockhold actually came out and said um, that Weidman fights stupid. Yeah, I that heard this that. This means actually a, a tougher fight. He's going to beat him, but that Weidman fights stupid, and I agree. I mean, you know, Wyman did that stupid ass wheel kick that was so dumb. Whereas Bisping isn't gonna necessarily make mistakes, though you know, we saw in the Silva fight he tried motioning to the ref of his mouth or some shit and then got blasted with a flying knee. Um, he can get distracted, he can get caught up with things. Same thing happened actually in the Rockhold fight. I think he got hit with like a groin shot or an eye poke, and he was like focusing on that, focusing on that, and the ref was like not seeing it or something, and uh, Rockhold capitalized. Again, that's where Bisping messes up. Otherwise, he's a super technical fighter who doesn't rush things and is also extremely durable. Um, I could actually see it this time going to a decision. I don't think that Bisping's going to win. I don't think Bisping has the ability to win, unfortunately, because I think that Rockhold's way better on the ground and he's way durable and has only lost uh, to two TKOs, which I think were from uh, grounded pound. So, uh, well, one was the, the Vitor, Vitor spinning kick yeah. to the face. And, and and those aren't things that Bisping can replicate, unfortunately, for him and his title, title aspirations. 
however, I think that he's going to have a good showing. And, um, you know, I think he's in the same boat as Uriah Faber. Where does he go from here? I mean, he just he beat Silva. Amazing win on his record. And I think Rockhold's going to beat him again a second time, which sort of leaves him at limbo in the division. And I don't know what else he would want after that. Maybe a rematch with Vitor, but maybe he wants to retire. Yeah, because he also has a pretty uh, solid career in, in uh, commentating, too. He's, like, working with the UFC now, this being. You know? Yeah. I'm looking up uh, some stats here, and um, Luke Rockhold has uh, a five-inch reach advantage over Michael Bisping. Five inches. It's a lot. Yeah. Dude, I, um, you know, I, I really, uh, I, just, I just feel like Rockhold right now is, is kind of unbeatable in that division, you know? And it bums me out. I mean, I like, I'm actually a fan of Luke Rockhold's, but I'm a fan of Michael Bisping's too. And it just, it's bittersweet that he got his title shot this way at this stage of his career, you know? Like if it was like three or four years earlier or, you know, and, and I actually do, you know, I'm going to make a prediction that Bisping's going to get finished because, you know, there's no conditioning. It's a five round fight. I don't, I just don't see him making five rounds, man. I know camp. Like I know that he's got, He's known for his cardio. I know that. But he just hasn't had that fight camp, you know, 12-week training, man. You know, and Rockhold has. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I hate to predict something like this, but I, I do predict uh, Michael Bisping will get finished. Because he's going to have to – if he's going to – if Bisping is going to take this fight, he's got to do it in the first or second round. Otherwise, he's, his gas tank's going to be empty three, four, five. So – that's a good point. I totally didn't think about that. He's coming in on this on short notice. And uh, not only that, but his last fight was the Anderson fight. And you know he had to get healed after that. Oh, yeah. So. Big time. Who knows how uh, how much camp he had beyond this 10 days. Um, yeah, shit, man. That's That's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. So. Either way, man, this card's going to be cool. I'm look, really looking forward to it. Yeah, fun, fun card. Yeah, good fights, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It should be should be a good time. That's all I got, man. <laughs> Ditto, dude. <laughs> it's been a hell of a I think week. that's it. Yeah, dude, it's been a rough week, so you know I'm, I'm uh, sort of winded down right now, so. Hey man, I hope you have an awesome weekend though. You, like it's uh, been a long, long week, so I hope you get to rest up and have a good, quiet weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, man. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, you know, Andrew and I will be back for uh, probably for 200, I imagine, right? Yeah. What? Day, when is that? Is that? Wait, there's some other stuff coming up before 200. Let me let me just Let's scope this. Quick. Yeah. For sure, 200. I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we just had that fight night, and then this uh, this weekend's 199. So is, I don't know if there's a fight night between that. I mean, they do tend to sort of do these things pretty consistently a couple fights that just got announced where arlovsky versus barnett oh yeah that's uh, a, a good, good one man. good one and uh 
shoot, there was another one that got announced. I can't can't really recall. Hey, did you see that heavyweight heavyweight fight on the uh, the card this past Sunday? No. Yeah, it was interesting. It was uh, this guy, I think Chris De La Rocha versus uh, some guy I'd never heard of before. But his conditioning looked like shit. But other than that, he, I think you know he could he could really work on that, and uh, he looked like he had that athleticism to be a good heavyweight, good chin. Uh, I'm interested to see in his future. I obviously don't remember his name, but I'll definitely be on the lookout for the next time uh, a heavyweight fight happens if he's on it. Dude, we do have some good fights coming up, man. We have a UFC fight night headlined by Rory McDonald versus Wonderboy Thompson. Oh. Yep. Shit. That's June 18th. When is that? June 18th. Damn, dude. It's, uh, that is a crazy fight. It's a Fox Sports, uh, you know, one event. Then there's another fight night of uh, Junior. Uh, yeah, not Junior. Rafael Dos Anjos versus Eddie Alvarez. Oh, yeah, on Fight Pass. That's going to be a good one. We have. That's uh, great. That also on that same card, we got Roy Nelson versus uh, the Black Beast, um, Derek Lewis. Oh, yeah, crazy fight. Yep. Then we have, uh, on that same card, we have Alan Joban versus uh, Nordin Taleb. Good fight. Yep. Alan Joban trained at Coban's, actually. He came no by, kidding. He, he was out here for, like, two weeks. Holy shit. Yeah, training down at the, the Muay Thai camp that I train at. That's awesome, yeah. dude. We have uh, Joe Duffy versus Mitch Clark. Oh, that's a great fight. We got Mike Pyle. Oh, Mike, it looks like he cut his mullet off. No. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's like, maybe it's like so severe, I, can, I you can't see it from the front, you know? It might be one of those yeah. like really severe mullets that you can only see from the back. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, you finally got a normal, oh, there it is. So that's a good one. And th- so there's two fight nights that have good, solid, um, you know, cards. And then there's the Ultimate Fighter seat, the finale, which is, uh, you know, Ioana on Jacek versus Claudia Gadelia. Yep. And then there's Good a fight. bunch of other fights on the undercard. Or, you know, we got Ross Pearson. Uh, Who's he fighting against? James Krause. Oh, wow. Brad, oh, shit. I thought it was Brad Tavares, but it's not. It's Tiago Tavares versus. Oh, yeah. Duho Brad Tavares. Choi. Got cut, yeah, he's got cut, right. And then I'm assuming it's a bunch of other dudes who are on the Ultimate Fire this year. Which I I, I, I haven't watched Ultimate Fighter in quite a while. Again, I only watched two episodes because I was on a plane. Yeah. And then uh, it, we got UFC 200 after that, man, which is, like, pretty, pretty jacked. What day is that? That is July 9. Okay. We got some time. Nice. Yeah. Johnny Hendricks is fighting on this. So we got Misha Tate versus uh, Amanda Nunez. Jose Aldo versus Frankie Edgar. I mean, of course, we got John Jones versus uh, DC, man. Obviously, that's, you know, the main Great event. fight. Uh, we got Cain um, Velasquez versus Travis Brown. Yep. We got Johnny Hendricks versus Kelvin Gastelum. Oh really? Yep. Holy shit! We got that's uh, hilarious, man. Because I was hoping that Gaston would be able to make it to a title shot against Johnny, 
It's that's funny how the world works out that way sometimes. Yeah. We got Gegard Musasi versus Derek Brunson. Good fight. Great yeah. fight. Great totally, fight. Man. Diego Sanchez versus Joe Lozon. Oh my god, dude, dude. that's awesome. Yeah. That's like um That's two hundred? That's this is on two all these fights are on two hundred. Jesus Christ, man, that's awesome. The return of uh Sage Northcut Northcutt versus Enrique Marin. Um Jim Miller. Versus Takanori Gomi. Oh wow, dude, that's that's a perfect matchmaking right there. We got Kat Zingano versus Juliana Pena. Nice. And then T.J. Dillashaw versus uh, Rafael. Rafael Sunsao. Yeah. That's wait. Hold on a second here. That's a rematch. When the fuck is he? How come Dillashaw? Wait, this this order can't be right. No, there's no way that's right. That, there's no <laughs> there's, possible there's, way that's right. There's I mean, no he's fighting all the way down at the end right, of the yeah. card like that? No. no, there's no way. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on here. All right, let, let me just get another look at this here. I want to make sure I got this. That's straight. a great card. That's a freaking amazing card. Yeah, Dill, Dillashaw is definitely... He's fighting on the, on the main card for sure, but he's not... According to this lineup here, he's fighting underneath Hendricks versus Gastelum. And I, I don't believe that's correct. Uh, with all due respect, I think it probably should be, um, you know, Johnny was in multiple title fights and yeah. Dillashaw was, you know, again, usually higher weights rule over lighter weights. That's true. Yeah, um, usually. Yeah. Good fights, man. Great fights. I'm really interested in that Aldo, um, Edgar fight. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. A lot of rematches on this, actually. Definitely, man. Kane versus Travis Brown. See how that works out. Oh, man. I think Kane's going to take him down and just obliterate him. The, uh, you know, it's funny. Gegard Mousasi, he's developed this, like, really cool personality. I don't know if you've been, he's, like, in his interviews and stuff. He's, uh, he's, he's like, coming out of his shell a little bit. He's, like, turning into this kind of wise ass. It's cool. <laughs> I like that, you know. Like, and he, he's been doing these interviews and he's like super Dutch, you know, so he has like just this fucking that weird Dutch thing going on, you know? So it's like it's really cool though. I I um Is he yeah, he's number eight. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I I've been kind of paying attention to what uh Musashi's doing these days. Yeah. Yeah, always a fan favorite. Totally. So that's uh, we got a bunch of cool stuff coming up, man. So yeah, we're, we're try to try to get to as much as we can on these, you know. Hell yeah, man! These uh, Wednesday night uh, chats are, are really cool. Always, I thought, I thought yesterday it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, this week's all crazy with me too, man. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, uh, Venom Incorporated is playing tonight in Brooklyn. It's uh, oh really? It's kind of like the 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 nineties. Like it's not a fake Venom, but it's um. The 1990s version of Venom without Kronos. It's uh, I actually saw them. We we played with them in Phoenix, and um, it was cool. It was uh, one of these things where I was watching the show and I was like, it was equally cheesy and awesome. It was like equal amounts of cheese and just straight up like awesomeness too, you know. So it was a fun show. They're playing. Part of me wants to just go down and check it out. Because literally the show is happening like six blocks from where I live here. Oh, it's at Vitus? Over at St. Vitus. Right on. But um, 
most likely I won't go because I'm incredibly tired right now, so I probably won't won't head over there. So get some Z's. Get some Z's. All right, dude. We will uh, we will speak again. And uh, once again, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, everyone have a good night. Take Peace, care, dude. Always nice seeing you, Mike. You got it.
mysterious i think i like it no one else gets to see it except for me though <laughs> it's cool i started putting colored lights like throughout the house you know it's like i have my you know my reading lamp is obviously you know an led like reading lamp but all the like kind of um atmospheric stuff here is all like colored lights like i got blue and green and shit like that and um it's pretty cool it's very calming you know especially after you know you got a very intense day going on come home turn the blue lights on just chill out relax it's very calm